You are Locked On Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, for another episode here at Locked On Tigers. I am your host, Scott Bentley. Before we get started, I want to let everybody know that this episode is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Download the Spotify Greenroom app and find one of our Locked On locker rooms. The uh, I'm still getting set up there, being still kind of onboarding, getting set up, so I will be there soon. I'm looking at next week, if not next week, then I'll surely be doing open rooms there the week after next, which will be awesome. Can't wait to, it's super cool, get to interact and talk to you guys. And uh, and over at Lockdown Red Wings, we'll be going live, I believe, Thursday at 5 p.m. So if you just want to check it out, you don't even have to know anything about hockey. You just want to see how it works. It's a pretty cool thing. We'll get into it more later because I'm pretty sure I'm going to talk about it in our first ad break. But until then, hello. Today is Wednesday, June 30th. 2021 we are not recapping a Detroit Tigers baseball game today because it got rained out and we will be going over two games tomorrow in in, in two just seven inning double headers which which I just love how, how can you not just love seven inning double headers because that's how baseball has been played forever just seven innings at a time massive sarcasm in my voice do not worry very anti seven inning rule very anti runner on second rule fire them both into the sun give me my full baseball and normal baseball back okay we are going to do have some stuff to talk about though this will actually be a really fun episode i think i think i've i've done a pretty good job with with usually i have a game plan of what i want to talk about watching the games i you know take mental notes and such of what i want to talk about Obviously, with no game, and I was planning on having a game, I didn't come in with a plan of, oh, well, it's not a normal off day is what I'm trying to say. So so not a not a normal, okay, I have to prep and think about what I want my segments to be because there's no game to talk about. But I think I picked up the pieces pretty darn well. And I think that we have a really fun episode here. What are we going to talk about today? Well, first off, the first segment's going to be all current, present Detroit Baseball Tigers. It's going to be fun. We are going to go over some injuries, some roster moves. So Derek Hill coming off the IL, Nomar Mazar still being on the team, Spencer Turnbull, his injury situation, and then some reports about Justin Verlander. Then in segment two and three, we are going to start our draft profiles. Segment two, we're going to talk about Jack Leiter. In segment three, we're going to talk about Henry Davis. Because those are the big two that everyone loves to argue with me about. So we're going to put them both on a show together and see what the hell happens. It's going to be fireworks. It's going to be electric. Thank you so much for tuning in. Cannot wait to, uh, to, to get into those two. But first, we're going to talk about Derek Hill. Derek Hill officially reinstated from the injured list, the IL, and is no longer hurt, obviously, but is not on the Major League roster. Gets sent down to AAA or returns to AAA, I guess is a better way to put it, because that's where his rehab was too. But he gets reinstated and put on the Mud Hens roster rather than the Tigers roster. And Nomar Mazzara is still allowed to take, get paid real USD to take at-bats for the Detroit Baseball Tigers of Major League Baseball. It's criminal. 
in my opinion. Uh, and somebody, I don't care that he's had like 10 hits in his last 15 games or whatever. I really don't. I'm sorry. I do not care. He is still horrid. His OPS on the year is now like 600 instead of 550. And they're all singles. There's, there's no power. He's supposed to be the power bat. As a prospect, he was supposed to be the, oh, some of the biggest raw power we've ever seen. He's going to hit 50 home runs. We got him for, for power. He bats in the middle of the damn lineup. I don't care that he hits some seeing-eye singles the other way once a game and goes one for five with four Ks. I don't. It's not sustainable. It's BABIP luck. It's not going to last. Get him off my baseball team. I'm sure he's a great guy. It's obviously nothing personal. I just have no more use. I have no more reason to watch him take at-bats this team anymore. The experiment was great. I was in support of the experiment, but it's over. Let's just put a bow on it. Send him to DFA him. See if someone else picks him up. I'm sure they will because they'll be told the same thing we were told. And we were told the same thing the White Sox were told last year. He's still young, still has the raw power. If you can get him to fix the launch angle and pull the ball, he'll be great. Okay, well, you try. Because we did, and it didn't work. The White Sox did, and it didn't work. The Rangers did, and it didn't work. The list goes on. Nothing but but the best for him. I wish him nothing but the best. But I, I have no need to, to watch him in an old English D and step up to the plate four times a game anymore. Pretty much over it. Very much hoping Derek Hill is is called back up soon. I hope it's like a rehab that's not technically rehab. We want to get him some some more. He, he was DHing with the rehab that was technically the actual rehab stint. He was DHing quite a bit. So I'm hoping that this is more, hey, we just want to get his sea legs back under him in center, and then he'll be back up in the show. I hope that's all this is, and it's not... We have, for some reason, faith in Nomar Mazzara. Anyway, that's the update with Derek Hill and Nomar Mazzara. And we can only hope that relatively soon Derek Hill is back in the show. He's an electric factory, even if he can't hit very well. And, and he's been hitting lately these last couple of years of minor league ball, too. Other update of injury news. Spencer Turnbull has started throwing. Da-da-da. My boy. My boy, anybody who's who's followed me on Twitter for the last year, I'd say. Uh, yeah, I'd say year. I'd say this this fandom and, and borderline obsession with Spencer Turnbull probably started before last season or right at the beginning of last season. I have always been, I've been preaching for a very long time now that he has some of the best stuff in the organization. And if he gets his command down, it's over for baseball. He's going to be electric. I started the hashtag top 20 Turnbull so that people could actually recognize that he's a top 20 pitcher in baseball when he's feeling himself. And he was. And then he got hurt. Sad, but it happens. That's the nature of sports. Hopefully he comes back all right. It's looking like he won't actually be back in a Tigers uniform until after the All-Star break, but I'll, I'll take what I can get. No need to rush people back this season of all seasons. If we were competitive and, and fighting for a playoff spot, I'd, I might ask for him to be pushed a little bit more, but I also don't want you know what happened to Fulmer to happen again. Injuries are... Uh, I have such a weird relationship and, and, and opinion on injuries. It's really a case-by-case thing, and, and you, you really just 
unless you're a doctor, you really just have to have blind faith that, that the organization knows what the heck they're talking about. So in this case, though, really low, low stress, low pressure. Just come back when you're ready, man. This this season, you know, we're, we're fixing to, to, to be in the cellar of this division yet again. Let's uh, let's just make sure he's healthy. That's that's the most important thing. But started throwing, started throwing routines, throwing off a mound. I believe this week, and then should start rehab in Lakeland relatively soon. So that's kind of fun. Hopefully, again, hopefully it's not too much after the All Star break that him and Boyd come back for for different reasons. Boyd, I, I personally, this is a whole other rabbit hole that I'm not going to go down right now. I think Boyd, I want to be healthy again so we can audition him for other teams so that we can move him. Turnbull, I want to be healthy again so that we don't trade him and can show that he is a long-term piece to this team. So two very different sides of the coin there. Again, that's a whole other rabbit hole for another rainout, which apparently, given the, the last week of weather, in the metro Detroit and really just that that region of the country is probably going to happen rather sooner than later. So so don't hold your breath. Only other thing I want to talk about Tigers related, Justin Verlander. Interviews coming out, quotes coming out. Evan Petzl, good guy, really cool guy if you get a chance to to ever talk with talk with him or interact with him. Came out and had some had some quotes. Had some Justin Verlander quotes, didn't he? JV saying, of course he's thought about coming back to Detroit. He'd be lying if he said he didn't. His brother doing what his brother has always done and just stirring the pot and and making the national media aware of it. His brother is not an influencer, but like podcast streamer, like that kind of, not that kind of person. There's nothing wrong with that. That kind of occupation. That's just his his career. That's what I'm trying to say. Wasn't trying to talk down on on <laughs> on that. I I am that. Um. So that's that's where he and that's what he does. And he's stirring the pot, giving his opinions on it. Obviously, he's been been is always vocal about it. And Verlander's, I would imagine, isn't going to be because that's kind of weird. Because he's he's still an astro like that's that's weird took every ounce of my body to not say the word literally right then um however just a really cool thought and the first thing that comes to your mind a rotation next year of justin verlander casey mize Tarek scoobal spencer turnbull and matt manning come on what are we talking about Make it happen, Al. Make it happen, Chris. Make it happen, just whoever's listening. Make it happen. All right, we're going to get into our draft profiles here. And uh, I'm super pumped for these. Super pumped. Probably going to go a little bit over time. I apologize just because, especially when we get into Henry Davis, I can't imagine keeping myself to 10 minutes only on Henry Davis. But I'm going to try my darndest but first we are going to talk to everybody about spotify green room this episode like i said earlier is brought to you by green room green room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans the app is free to download and once you're in you can talk with fans athletes insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport 
Greenroom is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you and I in Greenroom for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. You'll even find Lockdown hosts across the NBA, MLB, NHL in Spotify Greenroom. You'll find me in Spotify Greenroom in the coming weeks. Not right now, not not immediately, but I will get set up there very, very soon. It's going to be awesome. It's it's really cool, a chance for you guys to, to come on, invite you on stage, and then you can ask questions. We can have an actual conversation instead of just a one-sided me blabbing in your ear and, and you, uh, you not being able to rebuttal or anything that I say. So it's, it's a super cool platform. We're going to try to do it once a week. It's going to be awesome. Can't wait to get started with it. I'll be joining the app soon, like I said. So be sure to get started now. At Locked on Red Wings, we already do it once a week, so you can look into that. If you just want to see how it works, mess around with it. Thursday at 5, Locked on uh, Red Wings, we will be doing it. So get started, mess around with it, and I will meet you guys there very soon. Go to the, go download for free the Green Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NFL, MLB, NHL, NBA, whatever group and, and league updates you want. I know you will find I have a ton of incredible rooms and, re- and your favorite teams and leagues. I cannot wait to join you all on the app. I'll be sure to let you guys know once I am there. Obviously, meant to say at that time, when the room is live. Download the Green Room app today. Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. All right, everybody. We are back here for segment two at Locked On Tigers. I am your host, Scott Bentley. It is Wednesday, June 30th, 2021. We're kicking off our draft profiles. I don't know how often I'm going to do these. I'm going to, I don't know if it's going to be a uh, when, I, when I can thing or when we have an off day thing. Got to figure it out. But the draft is very quickly approaching, only a couple weeks away. And your Detroit Tigers have the third pick in the 2001, 2001, <laughs> 2021. MLB draft, MLB amateur draft. So the two biggest names that circulate are the Vandy boys, Jack Leiter, Kumar Rocker. Those are really popular names. There's some other names in there. Henry Davis, who we get into segment three. I have made sure that his name is out there. I have forced everybody to listen to me about Henry Davis. And guess what? In segment three, I will be forcing you to listen to more. Lighter seems to be more and more realistic. It didn't at the beginning of the season. It didn't last year. Seems to be really, really possible and extremely realistic possibility that the Detroit Tigers are going to land Jack Lighter. For those who don't know, Vanderbilt, I don't think they're calling him or Rocker the ace. I'm pretty sure they're calling them co-aces or something stupid, which is like fair because they're both unbelievable and and two of the top three best players in college baseball. So that's fine, but it's it's just weird. So co-ace, I guess we're calling him. He's the son of, of all-star and, and World Series champion Al Leiter. For those who don't know, you might see him on MLB Network. This is one of his kids. In 2020, in three games, COVID was a weird thing, and he didn't start right away either. So when he started three games, had a 1.72 ERA and 22 strikeouts and 15 and two-thirds inning pitched. Damn good numbers. But this year took 
uh, those numbers to a whole another level. 17 starts in 2021. 208 ERA, 171 strikeouts and 42 walks in 104 innings pitched. Unbelievable. 0.378 whip, averaging way less than a base runner in inning. Strikeout numbers are are damn close. Closer to to two strikeouts in inning than they are to one strikeout in inning. Unbelievable numbers. 42 walks and 104 innings pitched is not half bad either. 208 ERA, like I said. So we're going to break him down a little bit. I've watched a lot of Jack Leiter. A lot. Again, as I said in my intro episode, no, none of my opinions on here, if we disagree with them, will ever be because of ignorance on my end or, or not watching a player or not knowing about a player. Baseball is my life. Sports are my life, but baseball is on a whole nother level than the other three. I have watched a ton of Jack Leiter. I have done a ton of scouting reports on Jack Leiter. I know Jack Leiter, okay? Promise. Even though he's not my first choice to take at 1-3, doesn't mean it's because I don't know him or because I haven't seen enough of him. Promise, promise I have. The kid's unreal. Undeniably, undubitably, he is unreal. So the fastball, we'll get into his pitch mix. His fastball sits about 92 to 95. What makes his fastball so insane? And I do believe that it is the best fastball in the country. The best fastball in the draft. It's unreal because of its backspin. Spin rate has obviously been... Obviously. Spin rate has been something that has really come into spin rates always existed right we're not just going to pretend like spin rate wasn't the ball spins when you throw a breaking ball the ball spins when you throw anything except the knuckleball obviously the ball has always spun and always will spin measuring spin rate and realizing that a higher spin rate for a lot of pitches makes it more effective is something that is relatively new age his backspin on his fastball is unbelievable, and it's why it's such a damn good pitch. It has it, it almost perfect, to be honest. It's it's almost perfectly. I'm doing a backspin with my fingers that you guys obviously can't see. Obviously, that you guys can't see, but it 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 backspins perfectly over itself, and it causes the ball to tail up. It has vertical movement to not a ton. I'm not trying to tell you that watching him is like watching a a wiffle ball pitcher throw a ball that goes down and touches the dirt and then comes back up and and is at the knees. It's not ridiculous by any stretch. It's probably not even noticeable by most people. But it it has such insane backspin that, that it has a little bit of vertical movement, which makes it hard to barrel. It makes it so much harder to square up on. When the ball is spinning like crazy, it's harder to make good contact on it because it's spinning like crazy. This isn't too hard of a concept to grasp. I'm not trying to talk down to anybody. Just I'm trying to get the point across of how unbelievable his backspin on his fastball is. It is nutty. It is cuckoo. 
So that is what makes it such an incredible pitch. That is what makes it the best fastball in the draft. That's his bread and butter and going to be the reason why he is going to be such a good pitcher at the next level. Next up is his slider. I believe this is his second best pitch. Some people argue the curveball. My my personal evaluation, and that's the interesting thing about having me as your host, is it's not you're not going to get a, a scouting report from MLB.com or something else. You're going to get my own. I've seen, like I said, I've seen plenty of them. My, I think his slider is the second best pitch. It rides in the, what would you call it, low mid 80s, like 80 to 85. Also, really good spin rate. What does this mean? The, having a good spin rate on your slider and also such a good spin rate on your fastball means that it tunnels incredibly well. Tunneling, just quick for dummies if, if you're not aware of what tunneling is. And, and it's become way more mainstream and talked about lately as well with along with spin rate. But tunneling is fascinating. It's, it's the concept of throwing the same arm slot and throwing every single pitch starts off and like halfway to the plate every single pitch no matter what pitch in your repertoire you're throwing are in the same spot when you're about 30 feet to the plate and then the fastball keeps going straight pitching ninja is the king of showing what spin rate is if you want to go on twitter and and if you don't if you live under a rock and don't know what pitching ninja is give him a follow he does great tunneling videos where he will throw an overlap of someone's fastball curveball and slider and if they do it right all, halfway to the plate all three of those balls will be in the exact same spot and then you'll keep playing the fastball will go straight the slider will slide the curveball will curve spin rate is so important to that because if your slider is spinning like crazy, it's going to look a little bit like a fastball. It's going to be hard to pick up on. So if you can tunnel the slider with the fastball that well, it's going to be an amazing one-two combo, and it is. And that's one of the reasons why he has been so dominant, especially to right-handed hitters. He doesn't use it too much coming in on lefties, which I think some people would like to see more of because it is such a good pitch. But going away from righties, it is un- it's almost unhittable. It's not fair to have a fastball like he does and then expect a right-handed hitter to look and go, oh, there's another fastball. Just kidding. It's four or five inches out of the strike zone wide. Makes a lot of hitters look goofy with the fastball-slider combination. His other pitch is his curveball. I His command is a little weaker on this. It, it, it's a 12-6. The reason that I love the fact that it's a 12-6 is because that means the potential to have even more elite tunneling is there. If it was a normal curveball and it kind of had that loop where it started out and to the right and then curved back across the plate, you can definitely tunnel with that. I'm not saying you can't, but with a 12-6, the ability to throw a straight pitch and with the fastball spin rate that he does, I've said spin rate about a million times, I apologize. With, With the fastball that he has, to be able to throw a straight pitch and then have the curveball dive straight directly down with no left or right movement, I think makes the potential for his slider, curveball, fastball tunneling is through the roof. And that's so important to being a starting pitcher these days. 
And his fourth pitch, I don't think, is really going to be tunneled too much or really involved, and, and he hasn't really used it too much at the college level, to be honest. But those three pitches are going to take him places. The curveball needs work. It absolutely does. It It's comfortably his third pitch for me. I think it's way better than his changeup, which we're going to talk about next. But also, I, I think it's pretty comfortably behind his slider. He really likes using it to chase when he has two strikes and, and no or one balls. That's great. It has a great shape. It loops. It's a 12-6 curveball. And it looks like a 12-6 curveball. I don't like the command. He hangs it a little bit. And it's not great. It's not very well tunneled yet. So people do have the ability once in a blue moon, if it, if it doesn't end up in the dirt and catches the bottom of the zone, to give it a ride. It's a very rare, it's very occasional, but he's at college, and when he gets into the pros, that's obviously going to happen more and more because they are professionals. It's going to be a, a adjustments to be made, but on paper, the curveball, again, the potential is unbelievable for this dude. And I, I, we'll get into it with Henry Davis. People think just because I, I want Davis over lighter means that I, I'm like anti-Jack Leiter. Jack Leiter's phenomenal. He's one of the best college prospects I've seen in quite a while. And he is going to be incredibly fun to watch at the next level and is incredibly fun to watch now. He's much watched TV. I just like Henry Davis more than anybody, that's all. Lastly, the changeup. This one's pretty quick. Pretty weak command. Rarely goes where he wants it. To be honest with you, it's it's pretty shoddy command. It's not, it's not borderline good. It's pretty weak. The interesting thing about his changeup is he doesn't use it as a swing and miss pitch. He uses it as like a sinker almost, but a sinker that goes 10 miles an hour slower than his fastball. It's by far his highest ground ball rate on a pitch. He causes a ton of ground balls using the changeup. Doesn't cause a ton of swing and misses with the changeup. It's also mid-80s, which if you remember, his fastball is like 92 to 95. So it's not it's not like his changeup's coming in 15 miles an hour slower. He's not pumping high 90s with a mid-80s changeup. It's a single-digit difference most games between that, that changeup velocity and that fastball velocity. So it kind of makes sense why it's it's more of a ground ball pitch. It does, it does move. It has good movement, shape, I guess you'd call it. And that's why it causes a lot of ground balls. But it's interesting to me that to have your changeup be your ground ball pitch and, and not really go for too many swings and misses goes to it a lot when with a runner on first and less than two outs. It's developable. Changeups are developable as a whole. They're not breaking balls where you have to worry about the spin and you have to worry about how much it's going to break and such. If you can make it a, a big enough velo difference, it's going to be a halfway decent pitch. So it's something that he can work on at the next level. But currently, it's very much just a rare throw-in. He, he doesn't throw it very much at all and, and hasn't really across his collegiate career. Like I said, really only when he wants to try and force a ground ball. It's not too common. So, something to keep an eye out. Just that pitch in particular and how it might develop to the next level. Wrapping up on him, again. I know I'm going to be way, this is going to be such a long show, and I'm so sorry. I just love to talk about prospects and, and just baseball in general. He's a great talent. I have never denied that he's a great talent. And like I said earlier, everybody just believes, because I am I want Henry Davis so bad at 1-3, 
that I'm going to be like really pissed off or upset or, or devastated if we take Jack Leiter. That could not be further than the truth. Big Jack Leiter fan. I think he's going to be incredible at the next level. I think he has a pretty high floor as well. I, I don't really see him completely flopping. I think it's really just the difference of if he figures it all out, he could be an ace. Whereas if he doesn't figure it all out, you're looking at like a five starter. I don't really see him being any much more than that, barring injuries. Obviously, knock on wood for any prospect that ever plays baseball. I hate injuries. So that's my that's my piece on Jack Leiter. I've said my piece. People can stop coming at me, calling me an idiot, because I think Henry Davis is better than him or, or that we should take him over him or whatever. I will be very pleased with Jack Leiter. It's just Jack Leiter with Henry Davis still on the board. I would have some questions, but I'd get over it pretty quickly. I, I wouldn't let people for if Henry Davis ended up being good, I would not I would never shut up. I will never let anybody hear the end of it. But it's gonna take about two minor league starts of shutdown lighter for me to be like, all right. Again, I've been watching him damn near since he was in high school. I'm very aware of how talented he is, and I'm going to be very far from upset if he ends up in the Motor City here in the next couple of weeks. All right, let's get into Henry Davis. Let's do it. First up, I got to talk to everybody about Built Bar. Great ad choice to head into Henry Davis. Did you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors? You probably do, because I talk about it all the time. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, my favorite. Double chocolate or salted caramel. I had a salted caramel today for lunch, man. Phenomenal, phenomenal. So there's something for everyone. You, you don't know what your favorite flavor is? That came out really weird. Do you not know what your favorite flavor is? <laughs> Making it sound like it's ridiculous to not know. It kind of is. At this point, you probably should have tried it. Get the mixed box. Two of each of the nine flavors. Then you know what you like going forward. You know exactly what you want to order. But not only are Built Bars the best tasting, they're healthy too. 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. So order today. Get that raspberry, that mint brownie, that salted caramel that I had today. Slapped, hit a little different. Get that peanut butter brownie that I always talk about. Whatever you like. Or get that mixed box, baby. Whatever. Go to BuiltBar.com right now and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your first order at BuiltBar.com. And lastly, we're going to talk about our friends over at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to put on all of your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing. You can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, even your UFC and MMA action. Conor McGregor coming up, baby. You want to hop on to BetOnline.ag and check out those odds before. Get, get in early. Start looking at them now. You'll get updates and such. Throw down something at, uh, at, at BetOnline for that McGregor fight here in the next couple of weekends. Before the next pitch, or, or whatever sporting event. Head over to BetOnline, your laptop or mobile device, and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams are in playoff mode. Stanley Cup, NBA playoffs, getting close to the finals there too. Fun time to get involved. BetOnline.ag. Head to the website or use your mobile device. Sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code LOCKDOWN. This promo code LOCKDOWN. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook 
experts. All right. We're back, baby. Segment three. I, I, I'm going to keep apologizing for the length of this show. We didn't even play yesterday. It's going to be a longer episode because I am just so obsessed with talking about these prospects. I, I love draft season. I just love the game of baseball so much, man. Oh, my gosh. Minor league ball today. The Erie Seawolves look solid. Seawolves played a little bit. Even though the Tigers didn't, still plenty of baseball to talk about. There will never be a dull day here at Locked on Tigers. Let's get into Henry Davis, man. Let's get into Henry Davis. Let's get into my boy. Okay, Henry Davis, for those of you who do not know, is a catcher for the University of Louisville. His slash line, 370 batting average, 482 on base percentage, 663 slugging percentage. That adds up. For those kids keeping track at home, to a 1,145 OPS on base plus slugging. Unbelievable. The kid's phenomenal. That's 31 walks in 50 games. That's 15 homers and 184 at-bats, which is not Spencer Torkelson, Barry Bonds, but it's also pretty damn good for the college level. 24 strikeouts in 228 plate appearances. Every single plate appearance of the year. Almost 230 PAs. 24 strikeouts. Ridiculous. That is absolutely ridiculous. Also, played in 50 games as a catcher, has 10 stolen bases, because why the hell not? He is an uber athlete. An uber athlete athlete you can tell when he's on it behind home plate you can tell when he's in the base paths he is an uber uber athlete kid's a freak he's a freak of nature big boy really athletic and fast for his size has an absolute cannon of an arm running on henry davis is one of the biggest mistakes you'll ever make in your life a literal nuke not nuke that doesn't make sense cannon attached to his shoulder. The biggest thing about him, not the biggest thing, the biggest thing is how unbelievable he is at the dish. Okay, the kid rakes. One of the biggest things about him, and this is kind of a old schooler take, right? The the super new school people don't really believe that this has too much influence. As I've stated a plethora of times, I'm very in the middle on that. I still believe in chemistry. I still believe in clubhouse presence. I still believe that that managers matter, matter a little bit. I still believe in all that stuff, but I do think advanced metrics are really important. And if you don't look at them, you are just denying more information, which I also think is stupid. So I think playing the middle is is a healthy mix of both is very important. And so one of my old schooler takes about him is just his attitude is unreal. He is the best leader in college baseball. Rallies the troops, takes care of the staff. You just watch. It's hard to even, not analyze, it's easy to analyze. It's hard to relay without watching. You just have to go watch. It doesn't even matter if he he goes 0 for 4 that day, which I'm not sure happened, to be honest with you. The kid almost batted 400. Almost at a 500 OBP. Even if he doesn't have a good game, just go watch a random Louisville Cardinals baseball game that that obviously that he's playing in. The way he handles the pitchers, 
every single starter, every single reliever, the closer, the entire staff looks up to him. He is a second coach on the field. He's an electric factory. The kid plays with passion. That is to say the least. He screams all game. He's pounding his fist. He's throwing his helmet in in like a good way. Not like, oh my gosh, I just struck out. I'm going to shatter this into a million pieces and break a teammate's arm. I'm talking like like fist bumps after getting a final out, bumping chest, throwing helmets in excitement. He's an electric factory. Kid is one of the most exciting players I've seen in a long time at the collegiate level. Pure electric factory. And the thing about him, one of the reasons I'm so crazy about the Tigers getting him, admittedly, is because he was like my guy. He was someone that um, my buddy of mine, Garrett. Garrett, I love you. Big Angels fan. And the Angels have it, had a later pick in the draft. Obviously not a, not obviously, dang it. Did not have a top three pick like the Detroit baseball Tigers. Looking a little bit later. And at the beginning of the college baseball season, he was like a late first round pick. He was someone that might creep up if they had a good year. And there were a lot of, he had a great year last year at the plate too. Comfortably over in 1,000 OPS. Great year at the dish. But there were some questions about his catching. And just as a whole, he hasn't always been this over 1,000 OPS hitter in his earlier days. So people were, were, okay, let's see you do it again, right, in your draft year. And he did. And he did in a huge way. And he has flown. Flown? He has, he has flown <laughs> up draft boards in the last three months. He's gone from a, a late first to an early 20s to a mid-teens to a back end of 10 to a top five, borderline top five, and now some mock drafts literally, yes, I meant to say it, have him going first overall. I want him on my baseball team. And the, the biggest rebuttal by far Everybody. It's not even the biggest rebuttal. It's it's everybody that I've ever told that I want the Tigers to take Davis. It's the first thing out of their mouth. Why do we want another catcher? We have Dylan Dingler. We have Jake Rogers. Why do we want another catcher? We need so much more. I am not viewing this as us taking a catcher. That's, that's like way too black and white, but I I am looking at this as, hey, the Detroit Tigers just drafted the best hitter in the draft two years in a row. That's my mindset. This farm system is very top-heavy. Incredibly top-heavy. Sad reality. You get past those five top 50 prospects in baseball, it gets really weak really quickly. And there's some guys that have boomer bust potential, but they have boomer bust potential. And a lot of them are going to bust. It is a very weak farm system after the top five. And getting, being able to say in any rebuild that you got the best hitter in the draft two consecutive years, who on earth would say no to that? I understand that lighter is incredible. And as I've stated a million times, 
I will be very far from upset if we take Jack Leiter. I will be fine. I will sleep like a baby. I will be super excited for the pick. I'll make a video being excited about it. I'll be happy. I'll be happy for the Tigers' future. Henry Davis is my 1-1. The best hitter in the draft has the potential to go to your baseball team. This is a minor league system who outside of Torque and Green, which is two batters, is rather weak. Dingler has had an amazing season. I'm very high on Dylan Dingler. I think he could be a starting caliber, very solid catcher for a competitive playoff team. Jake Rogers has been good. We've talked about that plenty. Here's my thing. It takes years for people to get through the minor leagues. It takes years. You don't draft based on team needs ever. That is my philosophy. People disagree with it. You are are obviously more than welcome to disagree with it. That's okay. My philosophy, and it's not like this in all sports. My philosophy with drafting in the NBA is very different than my philosophy drafting in Major League Baseball. I don't believe that you should ever, ever draft based on team needs in a baseball draft. It does not make sense to me. It never has. It likely never will. You draft the best person available because it's going to take years for them to get through the minors. Injuries happen. And your major league team could look significantly different than your then what am I, I just completely fumbled that sentence horribly. Your major league team will look completely different when the person you draft debuts than it does when you drafted them on draft night. Because that's the nature of, the, of baseball. That's the nature of having a sport with so many levels of the minors. It does not make sense to me. To draft based on positional needs. Yes, we need a shortstop. Yes, if we get Lawler, I will sleep again like a baby. I will be fine if we if Lawler is the pick. I really will be okay. There's a lot of risk in shortstops though. Prep shortstops, I should say. There's a lot of risk in high school bats in general. They bust hard, but they also have the highest ceilings. Not saying he will go either way. That's a whole separate breakdown. That's a whole separate draft profile that we will certainly do because he's in the mix there as well. All I'm saying is, if you think that coming to me and saying, oh, why do we need another catcher is going to get me off this horse, you are massively mistaken. I don't think you you draft based off needs. He is also, as I stated, an incredible athlete. And his weaknesses are blocking and receiving. Does that mean that he won't be a catcher at the next level? Absolutely not. I think he will be. The thing is, he is such a good athlete, he has the flexibility to not be if it doesn't work out. I think he could play corner outfield really well. I think he could play third base. That's how highly I think of him. Really well. Or first base if Torque actually ends up at third. He is flexible because of how incredibly athletic and talented he is. All I want is at the end of the draft, 
to be able to look and say, wow, for two years in a row, we got the best hitter in the draft. And that is what we would be saying if we got Henry Davis. Position be damned. We'll figure it out. It's a good problem to have. Also, no catcher catches 160 games anymore. 162, 140 plus, really, doesn't even happen anymore. Every good team has two solid catchers that have, and having a healthy platoon, I'd be perfectly fine with. Very high on Dylan Dingler. I think he's going to be a really good catcher for a while. Jake Rogers is is hitting decently enough where his defense, it's worth playing him for the first time in his career. It's worth playing him at the major league level because his offense is, is not completely garbage. All of these things can be true. And I can still advocate for Henry Davis to be the Tigers pick at 1-3. Love the kid to death. I think he's going to be a star. He's an incredible bat. He's an incredible talent. He's a leader. And he's an incredible athlete. I want Henry Davis at 1-3. That's my case. You don't have to agree with it. That's perfectly fine. You can have a totally different philosophy. That's aight. We can still be friends. I promise. And like I've said a million times, there are a lot of people that I will be very happy with us taking. I will just be the happiest with Henry Davis. If lighter's the pick, lighter's the pick. I'll be fine and I'll be very excited about it. Anything else? I'm asking as if you can respond. If you're screaming and calling me stupid, saying why would you want Henry Davis... I, I apologize for getting you riled up on your way to work or whatever. I really do. Not my intention. Just trying to plead my case. Just trying to plead my case. and Because I think if Lighter's on the board and we take Henry Davis, people are going to be pissed. And I'm not. And then I think people are going to get pissed at me for association. I'm going to be ecstatic if it happens. I re- also, I will prep it. We'll end on this. Do I think Henry Davis will be a Detroit Tiger? No, I don't. I I really don't. I don't think this is something that any of us are going to have to worry about. Because I think they want another arm. Even though the offensive depth is weak. But also the pitching depth is weak. Meisen, Scooble, and Manning are all graduating. Now we have no pitching prospects anymore. So there's certainly an argument for an arm as a depth piece. And you'd be getting the best pitcher in the draft as well, which I do not say lightly. Whether you get Davis, whether you get Lighter, you are getting the best hitter in the draft or you are getting the best pitcher in the draft. That brings a smile to my face, knowing that if it's between those two, we're going to get the best at something. That should make everybody happy, whether you agree with my Henry Davis-ness or not. Can't wait. Cannot wait for the draft. Any questions involving this? I, I have been attacked a pl- <laughs> plenty for my Henry Davis love. It's not going anywhere. Hopefully, you have not gotten too angry with me and just listened to my case. I hope it made a little bit of sense. If it didn't, I'll be fine with lighter too. I think that's all we got. Hopefully, we play some baseball tomorrow. I can recap a doubleheader. As we get closer in to uh, 
I guess the draft is what I was, that sentence was supposed to be headed, but we're heading into the all-star break soon, the draft soon, heck, and obviously the regular season's, obviously, the regular season's just in full swing. A lot of fun stuff to talk about. Doubleheader tomorrow, I believe it's Urania and Willie Peralta again, which like, I'm just, I'm really tired of Willie Peralta starting games, but it's fine. It's kind of needed. A lot of injuries. Bullpen day, doubleheader, seven innings. I just said a lot of words that aren't really connected. I apologize. I should probably just go to bed. Thank you so much for listening. Truly means the world to me. Thank you for hearing me out, even if you disagree. Again, means the world to me. Green room coming soon. Can't wait for that. Go Tigers, baby. I think that's all I got. Peace and love. Going to therapy's dope. And I will catch you all tomorrow. Throwback Thursday coming up as well. Maybe we can do game one recap, game two recap, throwback Thursday. You got, I, Everybody loved the guessing aspect too, where I don't say his name till the end. So that's what we're going to ride with. Okay? All right. Go Tigers, baby. See you tomorrow. Peace.